I'm Dove Tuzman. You're back on Equal Footing. And we're talking about self-effacement tonight. We're talking about coping mechanism. We're talking about Jewish humor. So, what do Mel Brooks, Sid Caesar, Adam Sandler, John Stewart, Andy Samberg, George Burns, Woody Allen, Seth Rogen, Larry David, Jack Benny, Jackie Mason, of course, Gary Shandling, Sarah Silverman, Tiffany Haddish, Gene Wilder, Gilda Radner, Joan Rivers, Jerry Lewis, Albert Brooks, Billy Crystal, Groucho Marx, Ben Stiller, Lenny Bruce, Don Rickles, Carly, Carl Reiner, even Charlie Chaplin. Okay, that last one's a bit up in the air. People are on different sides of that. But what does everybody I just mentioned have in common? They're all Jewish. Jewish humor has been at the core of the evolution of stand-up comedy, modern television script writing. It would be fair to say that Jews are as important to humor in American popular culture, at least, if not globally, as we've been to scientific endeavor. All right, nobody get upset. (laughs) Our audience is not just Jewish on this program. We've got folks from all different walks of life. And even, even shout out to Stan. I hope you're, uh, you're listening, Stan. We have Jewish listeners who don't believe in God or are very secular, let's say. Stan, you got to call in and uh, put on the record whether you're an atheist or not. <laughs> okay, we're joined by two great guests uh, this evening. And I really appreciate them being willing to talk, like kind of peel away the onion a little bit and talk about their profession from from the inside. We're going to have a bit, you know, some some hopefully some, some jokes that'll come up. Uh, everybody knows who's listening to this program that I'm a fantastic joke teller, so I'm going to throw in a couple of my own. But we might get some also from the vaults. But Ellie Leibowitz and Aurel Goslin have agreed to be on the program to talk about their profession of comedy. Ellie Leibowitz started his comedy career as a vendor at Chicago Cubs baseball games at Wrigley Field in Chicago. I'm a huge baseball fan. One of the only two stadiums left that are real ballparks, Wrigley Field and Fenway Park in Boston. Ellie Leibowitz attended Yeshiva University. He won the school's annual comedy contest in 2009. I feel like that should be a trivia question. Does Yeshiva University have an annual comedy contest? Since then... Ellie has performed at Jewish communities all over the world. Sometimes he's permitted to perform to non-Jews as well. He's performed over Zoom during the pandemic. He's done nearly a 100 virtual shows during the COVID pandemic. In 2019, before the pandemic, he did a sold-out multi-city tour in Israel. Some may find his material a bit too Jewish, but with a name like Ellie Leibowitz, he wasn't going to try to hide that. You can find, and I'm going to let Ellie correct me if I get this wrong. I think it's elliecomedy.com or elliebowitz.com. Leibowitz is spelled L-E-B-O-W-I-C-Z. And I'll introduce Aurel in a moment, and then Ellie can get, get make sure I got the social media and online tags right. 
Aurel Goslin is joining us from Montreal, Canada. Montreal. He's of Moroccan heritage. So we've got, for those that are non-Jewish, so as a tribe, as a, as a group, we're kind of split into Ashkenaz and Sephardic. Ashkenazi and Sephardic. And the Ashkenazi are the, you know, more, uh, Eastern European looking, lighter skinned. The Sephardim, historically from the Middle East, Northern Africa, even the Iberian Peninsula. And Oral Goslin is of Moroccan heritage, so representing the Sephardic grouping, born and raised in, in Canada. He's a 31-year-old husband and father of three beautiful kids. He's a comedy content creator on social media where he focuses on doing sketches and videos depicting various aspects of Jewish culture. Very popular on TikTok and YouTube and so forth. You can find him, Orel, O-R-E-L, last name Goslin, G-O-Z-L-A-N. In addition to being a content creator, he's also a French teacher in a Bialik high school, as well as a cantor and a hazan at the Or Shalom Synagogue in Montreal for 11 years now. That's wonderful. His passions lie in transmitting and educating the next generation on his Moroccan Jewish heritage through comedy. Eli Libowitz, Aurel Goslin, welcome to Equal Footing. Thank you very much for having me. You know, guys, in our short pregame, and we don't we don't like to actually go into the content in the pregame in these shows so it stays fresh. But I, I did fess up to you guys that the uh, originally the topic for tonight's program, as of about 24 hours ago, was circumcision. And then we had to. I'm sure there's a joke in here. You got to help me. But we had to do a U-turn and about face. I don't know. We had to, uh, you know, cut in a different direction. And we decided to do a show on on, uh, on Jewish humor instead. But I do promise to those like Stan and others that have said we should do a show on this such this core religious practice of circumcision and also its uh, its increased visibility in 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 sociological and medical you know commentary. We are going to do that show. I'm not shying away from it. But uh, we we had to, we had to get the right guests. So if you're out there, I want to know which your I want to know which your listeners are dying to from the circumcision episode. Yeah, it was just, just what are we getting to that? Come on, it, it's um, it's amazing. We get, we get we get just overwhelmed with requests for a show on circumcision. You'd be surprised. So and the the comparison I have for circumcision is that. People, you know, when you hear people hear a comedian, there's this pressure to be funny right away. People are just like, oh, you're a comedian? Prove it. And I don't think that happens with other, jo- other jobs. You know, are people like, oh, you're a moil? You moil? You, you do circumcision? Prove it. And uh, I don't know if there's that pressure, but... Um, so pr- I bet so prove it, Ellie. Prove you're, prove you're a Jewish comedian. I kind of just tried. I guess it didn't, I don't know if it worked. Um... <laughs> I've had a circumcision. That's my, no, that's my perfect, um, you know, I, to be honest. That proves uh, one point, yeah. Oh, no, for sure. Um, yeah, I, no, you, like, again, I, I perform at a lot of, like, you know, Jewish events primarily, um, and a lot of times, you know, they're hesitant to have a comedian because they always tell me horror stories of previous comedy nights that didn't go well, and they'll be like, well, you know, like, you want to have a comedy night, and they'll, they'll be like, well, we had a comedian in 1985, and he swore the whole time, and it was the worst Yom Kippur event we ever had. And, you know, so <laughs> you got to toe the line sometimes with the, with the audience. Uh, 
Um, but yeah. <laughs> so one of the challenges in thinking about this show and, and researching for it was to try to broaden the lens to make it interesting for everybody. Now you guys, you know, probably as I understand it, cater to Jewish audiences, not all the time, but a lot of the time. And yet a lot of the comedians that I just mentioned, and by the way, a listener, thank you, is also sent in Howard Stern. It's kind of a comedian um, that I've forgotten that list. Sasha Baron, uh, Bar- Baron Cohen, who I also forgot. Also, Seinfeld, I'm pretty sure. Yes, Jerry Seinfeld, of course, yeah. (laughs) So if I've missed any, keep sending them in. God, what a list. Um, that's, 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 the, that's the ultimate Jewish move, by the way. Because Jews like right. something more than laughing, and that's correcting people. So <laughs> you're going to get a bunch of people who, you know, you forgot Moses, you forgot Abraham, there was a lot of comedians. <laughs> so let's, let's, let's burn it out for our audience a little bit. And uh, where does, I, th- I think, I'm 49, I don't have... Uh, you know, uh, I, I, the perspective throughout the, the 20th century. I have a dear friend who's actually been on the program before. I was so tempted to have him join, Marty Feinberg, who's a historian of Jewish comedy. I think of Jackie Mason. Of course, there's the Marx Brothers, but they didn't really do Jewish sticks. But I think of Jackie Mason as the first, you know, big-time Jewish humor-focused performer. Uh Ellie, let's start with you. Am I, am I right on that? And and if not, who was it? And if it was Jackie, why was he important? And who I was think, well, I, I, Jackie Mason, I mean, first of all, Jackie Mason, who actually just passed away like two weeks ago, so you know, big loss for the uh, for the for the world and the comedy world and and the Jewish world because he had this like just effusive, you know, Jewish pride, even if he wasn't you know particularly endurant, you know, in his later life after you know going to rabbinical school, but he still had just every cough, every, he had this like onomatopoeia of Jewish noises that he just made. And I think he even was told from other people that like, hey, you should stop, you know, you shouldn't sound too Jewish almost. And um, he's certainly, I would say, one of the most like, you know, like proud when it comes to like, you know, as some people like will like hide from their Judaism. I say that for myself. You know, I would I would hide it except for my name, my height, my nose, my yarmulke. There's a lot that I would have to hide. Uh, my 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 whole act. You know, pretty much the whole thing. Um, and but I, there were other people like Lenny Bruce, for example. You know, who was years before. I mean, I I, I guess the wrong no. Yeah, I think Lenny Bruce is the '60s, right? And Jackie Mason, I, actually, I don't know. Would Jackie Mason start in the Borscht Belt in the 40s and 50s, or am I getting my chronology? Right? I mean, Jackie Mason, I know Jackie Mason had the famous thing of being banned on Ed, Ed Sullivan. So in terms of, you know, the actual timeline, but I'm talking about, like, you know, I think Lenny Bruce is one of the, I probably, I think he's in the 50s, then, um, uh, maybe maybe the 60s also, in terms of being well-known as being, like, one of the first, like, you know, groundbreaking comedians. But, you know, Lenny Bruce has a, has a famous bit about, like, what's considered Jewish and what's considered goyish or non-Jewish. And, you know, Lenny Bruce often, I didn't, I'm even not so familiar with a lot of his material, but there's so much, there's a lot of Judaism in what he talks about, too, even just from a, I don't know, questioning standpoint, which is also a very Jewish idea. Um, but Jackie Mason, I would definitely, yeah, say is, uh, when you say Jewish comedian, um, he's probably, you know, top three, top two that you think of immediately. Now, Aurel, on the topic, uh, or segueing off of, of Lenny Bruce, because Lenny Bruce was, 
I, I think after Jackie Mason, definitely a Jewish identified comedian with a lot of Jewish material in his shtick, but was also a major protest comedian. I mean, he was very much part of the civil rights movement and the anti-Vietnam movement and, and so forth, famously arrested also for violating uh, rules around um, around what he was allowed to say and talk about in comedy clubs. I, I noticed in, in what you do, Arel, and even in your bio, that you see comedy as a vessel around passing on important aspects of, of Jewish heritage. Do you do you look to someone like Lenny Bruce as a progenitor of of that strain? Like, who's your icon? Who's the the one who started it for you in the way you look at at Jewish comedy? Well, uh, we have uh, in the Jewish French francophone uh, comedy world, we have uh, uh, somebody that's uh, pretty young. Uh, I think he's in his fifties today. That, that's called Gad Elmaleh. Um, Gad Elmaleh, and uh, he's in France now. And uh, basically, like he, uh, that's one of the first meetings I, I started listening to when I was uh, still a kid and everything. And uh, you know, he, 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 what what I I found like uh, beautiful in what he he did is that he, you know, he, he tried when you start in comedy and everything, you try to to find your own style, find your own your own image, your own personality, what you're gonna show like in uh, uh on the stage you know the, create your 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 persona your your who, who you're going to be uh, as a comedian and i remember basically uh seeing his his uh, his first uh, shows and he was like uh, young at the time and he he didn't try to like you know he's uh, uh, born in morocco and everything and uh, he wasn't like uh, uh, ashamed or or uh, to or trying to hide his origin and basically the, his, I think his uh, whole first uh, uh, stand-up uh, comedy show was basically him telling the story of how he immigrated from from Morocco to Canada, where he didn't understand nothing uh, with the, the, the like the, the Quebecer accent uh, and like all the struggle and hardships that he he went through to like uh, with his his life, and that really like inspired me because I said, you know what, uh, it, 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 just to see. That uh, that as a uh, young uh, kid who's passionate about uh, humor and everything, and seeing an example like that, like Adel Madi, that wasn't ashamed of who he was, and uh, uh, just like showing it on stage and inspiring himself, uh, inspiring of like bits and pieces of his own life, and uh, to be to be himself and to to show his culture. This inspired me to like uh, do the same thing. Uh, um today basically uh, like we said uh, uh, i use this comedy to to basically uh teach and uh, reach to the younger community to, and, and i put like, you uh, with, yeah and i sorry i put you guys in a difficult position too because i am there's a by the way this is one of the most fun shows to do pre-game research on <laughs> Admit, and I, one of the, the the quotes I came across was E. B. White, who said, "Analyzing humor is like dissecting a frog. Few people are interested, and the frog dies of it." So, <laughs> asking you to like pick apart, you know, the strains of influence and humor. You got, please, you know, forgive me, and and feel free to, of course, correct me, guys. We're gonna take a a, a quick break. Uh, you're on equal footing. You can participate in this conversation in lots of ways. I've already gotten a couple of jokes that people have sent in. Send in your Jewish jokes. Let them flow. Correct me, Jewish comedians that I missed uh, in the intro. And participate. Ask a question. Uh, make a comment. 
here with our wonderful guests, Ellie Leibowitz and Aurel Goslin, who are comedians, content creators for both Jewish and non-Jewish Jewish audience, but students of Jewish humor. The number to call to participate live on air is 718-303-9090. That's 718-303-9090. Be patient with our sometimes sweet, sometimes grumpy uh, radio engineer, Dimitri. And you can also text in your questions or comments to 917-428-4062. That's 917-428-4062. You can do this attributed either on air or in text. You can mention your name. You don't have to mention your name. Whatever you feel comfortable with. We'll be right back on Equal Footing. Hanukkah is the festival of life. Instead of one day of presents, we get eight crazy nights. <laughs> but when you feel like the only kid in town without a Christmas tree, Here's a list of people who are Jewish, just like you and me. David Leroy, Lights Dominora, so do James Conn, Kirk Douglas and the Weasel Molly Shora. Gasaways together at the Carnegie I could not do a show on Jewish humor and not play Adam Sandler's Hanukkah song. All right, this 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 strain of bizarre stuff continues because I'm gonna I had to go to our first. We have wonderful sponsors here at Equal Footing. We're very lucky, and given that circumcision is on the table, so to speak, let's talk about Manhattan Medical for a moment. Manhattan Medical has been a, a great sponsor. They also do great unappreciated work in helping heal emotional pain, helping couples work through difficult periods of erectile dysfunction. In Manhattan Medical, you don't have to use those expensive blue pills. It utilizes a new effective gains wave therapy, gets excellent results. There's been a lot of attention about attention on gains wave therapy. It's non-invasive, it's surgery-free, it's a painless approach to erectile dysfunction. The most important thing is there are no side effects as you get from the other products in the market. And almost all patients have very effective results. All the sponsors on Equal Footing have come through some sort of personal connection. And in this case, I have a dear friend who's in his 80s who had a lot of difficulty in this area of his life with ED. And Manhattan Medical, he couldn't take the the normal medications because of uh, other uh, medications he was taking. And the Manhattan Medical Gains Wave Therapy worked for him and really changed his life. If it can work for him, it can work for you. Call now for free consultation. You don't have to be in the New York area to, area to get help from Manhattan Medical. It's just the name. You can do virtual consults over the phone or on Zoom. Call 888-EDQR9. That's 888-EDQR9. Or call 888-332-8739. 888-332-8739 to get information on Manhattan Medical's erectile dysfunction, gains, wave therapy. If you mention that you heard about it on equal footing, you get a free consult at the $250 value. So call now, 888-332-8739. I've been called. 
You're back on Equal Footing. I'm Dove Tuzman here with my guests, Orel Goslin and Ellie Leibowitz, comedians, content creators. We're talking about Jewish humor and its importance also in popular culture. It's been a coping mechanism. Uh, let's get serious for a second. Uh, and I'm going to try to pull up this Irma Bombeck quote. And I may uh, need a little time to do that. Uh, here, here we go. So the line, the thin line that separates uh, comedy and tragedy. She said there's a thin line that separates laughter and pain, comedy and tragedy, humor and hurt. And I don't think it's a coincidence that Jackie Mason is the beginning of that period, the, the, the Borscht Belt, and today through all those names that we mentioned at the outset of the show came out of that boom in, in the post-Holocaust Jewish life in, in the United States. Ellie, to what extent do you think self-effacing Jewish humor has been a, a post-Holocaust coping mechanism? I wouldn't even say, like, not just the Holocaust. I think just throughout our entire Jewish history is, unfortunately, you know, Jews have really been kind of a target on, on, on their backs. And, you know, even, you know, in the last couple of months, things have been getting pretty dicey. I mean, one of the lines I've been saying is that, um, you know, you know things are rough in the United States right now. When, uh, you know, in America, when synagogues in Israel are saying, let's say a prayer for the United States. Um, and, uh, you know, which is a little bit of a dark joke, but I think it's, yeah, it's, it's such a, you know, w- when you have, uh, entire existence where just everywhere you've lived, people are blaming you, attacking you for no real reason other than you being you. Um, there's no real way to cope with that. Besides, you know, either you're going to cry about it, which we've done, and or you're going to make a joke about it because it's just uh, the healthier, uh, potentially healthier, more cathartic way. Um, I mean, one of my, I think one of the best Jewish jokes I've ever heard is from this comedian Mike Kaplan, who he's called M Y Q Kaplan. He says, uh, "Somebody wished me a happy Valentine's Day," and I said, "Actually, I'm Jewish." And we don't believe in happiness. And I wish I had, I wish I wrote a joke that good. Um, It's just so much a part of, it's just so much a part of our existence of not being happy, but also like, you know, being worried because as as the comedian, another Jewish comedian, Gary Goldman says, he's like, we've been in a couple of pickles. Right. As he's, you know, so Ellie, that, that reminds me of the of the uh, the joke of there's a group of uh, five Jewish women are eating lunch in a in a busy cafe, and nervously their waiter approaches the table and says, uh, "Ladies, uh, is anything okay?" Yeah, so, I mean, it goes hand in hand, um, you know, which is kind of amazing that Jews still have this, you know, complaining or this dissatisfaction and, you know, because we've been through, like, really bad things, to say the least. So the fact that, but like, but it's absolutely just a, a critical part of our identity is, is you've gone through all of this and the only way to come up the other side is feeling human is to make jokes and sometimes even dark jokes about it. You know, Aurel, this dynamic of self-effacement, I'm sure there are a lot of, as a coping mechanism and as dealing with with pain, 
And a lot of listeners probably think, well, this isn't a Jewish thing. I mean, this is common to all sorts of cultural milieus. I'm not so sure. You know, Dave Chappelle is one of my favorite comedians, a black comedian. He does also kind of a, a self-effacement shtick as, as part of his wonderful humor. Has directly, in numerous occasions, attributed uh, to folks like Jackie Mason his, his style of humor. Is there something peculiar? Is, meaning, is there something unique about the self-effacement coping mechanism in Jewish humor that just isn't quite found in, in, in other ethnic and, and, and racial groups? Um, I think that uh, it's, uh, what's particular in the, the, the Jewish humor is that we're like, first of all, um, really like, uh, we have to be really like uh, observative and watch uh, the difference between like uh, the, 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 the the traditions and everything because uh, in the Jewish world there's so much so many different uh, strats and groups and everything and uh, that's what uh, that's what's amazing about the Jewish community that you have like to investigate and like really observe everything that uh, that uh, you can use um, as uh, as uh, as jokes or anything, and uh, you have so many like m- material, you know that um, that you can use uh, like uh, comparing like the the, the Ashkenazi uh, Jews to the Sephardi Jews, um, or like uh, and that, and that I think that's like something that's even uh, even more um, that makes the Jewish humor even like richer, I think, um, than than other types of of uh, of humor, if I may say. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's always, and it's also like a way of like uh, you know the, the self derision that we 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 have in our jokes uh, makes makes us even accept ourselves more. You, you understand what I mean? Yeah, there's like more suffering to draw upon. I, I think that you know I don't think it's it's a coincidence that uh, Jewish and Black humor in the United States, uh, meaning Jewish comedians and African American comedians. Ha, there's been a, a, a common strain because there is a lot of, of suffering to draw upon in this particular zeitgeist of the United States. Um, you know, it's, there's, and there's been a lot of, of, uh, drawing of content between the two. I'm, I'm, re- I'm thinking of these two comedians, help me out guys who are, um, really at their zenith in like the seventies and eighties to the Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. And the way that they kind of spoke to each other, I mean, they literally sometimes performed together, but the way they spoke to each other also uh, on the stage. So it's interesting, like that well of suffering or that well of um, feeling of, of, of outsider-ness, or I'm not sure it's not a word that, that's drawn upon. Well, that, well, that's also where I think it stems from in both communities or both backgrounds, because if other people... Are you know if outside if you're viewed as an outsider, which both communities have definitely felt that way, you still feel that way very much so. Um, and everyone's making comments about you, calling you slurs, or making derogatory jokes about you. There, you know, the easiest way, and anyone who's been to high school can kind of you know demonstrate this is to kind of turn, you kind of turn the lens, and you say, I'm gonna either partially make fun of myself and kind of turn it so that I'm in on the joke. And I think that's a lot of what, you know, both communities have done, um, but also by ridiculing your, you know, racism or prejudice, then you look like the foolish one. And that, I think, 
is, uh, I mean, that's something that I try to do also, you know, when it comes to, you know, anti-Jewish sentiment or anti-Israel sentiment, that, like, there is this, um, when you just kind of turn the logic on its head, or the illogical nature of racism or prejudice on its head, then you kind of shine the light on the bigot of being foolish. What do you think, before we go to the next break, what, what do you think today, let's get away from the kind of historical aspect and the past icons, we may have lost people a little bit on that, but today, is Jewish humor still Im- kind of important as it was before? Like, wh- What's the greatest kind of cultural asset, Ellie, in your view, in, in North America in terms of Jewish humor today? What's it, what's it really contributing? When you say cultural asset, what do you, what do you mean exactly? What is Jewish humor's most important contribution to North American culture right now? I think the ability to laugh at ourselves. The ability to laugh at ourselves. I think one of the biggest issues with the world right now in general, I think, is people taking themselves too seriously in a certain way. And, um, as much as Jews stereotypically and realistically like to complain about things, when it comes to something that's funny, they, we can make a joke about it. We, we can, we, we can handle it if it's funny and if it actually, you know, makes sense. I think so the ability to, to kind of laugh at our, laugh at ourselves and kind of go to a deeper level of, of, uh, I also think beyond, you know, at least for my, my style is more, you know, from the clean variety that I think sometimes when it's dirty or dirty material, um, I think it's just an easier joke and it's, it's, uh, I think Seinfeld says it's like when you, you know, when you curse or you, you know, use a sexual reference in a joke, it's cheating, it's like cutting across the middle and it's like if you can get to a deeper level and go for more of the right. deeper laugh of, of why a joke is there, I think that's a, a big element of, uh, what Jewish humor to me is, it's like a kind of a, almost like a Talmudic analysis of, of, of a topic. You know, if you think about like television over the last 50 years, you, 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 it, for most of that time had some really clear with the Joan River show and Seinfeld and others, you had a, you know, clear examples of self-amazing Jewish humor on the TV in prime time in America for for a long time, probably Canada as well. We're going to take our next break here on Equal Footing. You can participate in this conversation on Jewish humor, its contributions to modern culture, its self-effacing mechanisms. To what extent is it? Is it a coping mechanism? Call 718-303-9090. We'll pick you up on line three as soon as you come back from the break. Or you can, at 718-303-9090, you can also text a question or even WhatsApp a question to 917-428-4062. That's 917-428-4062. You can also send in your best Jewish jokes. Here's one that amazingly, before we go to break, ties in last week's topic and the topic that we hope to do next week. Uh, well done to this listener. Uh, she says, What's more fun than appearing in court? A late in life bris. Late in life circumcision. Okay, we'll be right back on equal footing. Everything I'm telling you is the truth. Why do you think you never see a Jew in a bar? You never see a Jew in a bar. I don't mean a real pickup joint where lowlifes run around picking up girls like this man. I'm talking, I'm talking about decent people in a real bar where there's real drinking going on. You'll never see a Jew there. Never. Unless he got lost looking for a piece of cake and a cup of tea. Because a Jew is not comfortable in a bar. They're not comfortable there. Just like a Gentile is not too comfortable in a restaurant. 
When a gentleman walks into a restaurant, they're very nervous. They walk in like, how do you do? May I sit down? May I sit down? How long should I wait? Nine years? Why not? Nine years is okay. You ever see how a Jew walks into a restaurant like a partner? Hello! Equal Footing with Dove Tuzman is sponsored by MDCS Dermatology, your experts in skin care. With two Manhattan locations and four offices in Long Island, including Plainview and Comac, the dermatologists and skin care surgeons at MDCS are proud to be affiliated with the Albert Einstein College of Medicine and New York Presbyterian Hospital. So schedule your next skin exam in one of MDCS's convenient New York area locations. To make an appointment, go to www.mdcs.live or call 212-661-DERM. That's 212-661-3376. You can even schedule a virtual video visit with MDCS's board-certified dermatologists from the comfort and safety of your own home. So go to www.mdcs.live or call 212-661-3376. And don't forget to mention Equal Footing for 15% off all cosmetic procedures. I've been All right, you're back on Equal Footing. I'm Dove Tuzman, and I'm with my guests, Aurel Goslin and Ellie Leibowitz, talking about Jewish humor, its impact on North American culture and its coping mechanism, the way it's been a coping mechanism uh, for us. So let's take a caller on line three. Let's see if I can do this without dropping it. All right, line three, you're on the air. Good evening. Stan, I was hoping you'd be listening. Hey. Welcome back. Thank you. Okay. You got enough aggravation. Enjoy the night. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Anyway. Agreed. I'm glad you eliminated the circumcision. I cut it out, actually. <laughs> I didn't cut, cut it out, Stan. It's on the queue. Might be as soon as well, next week. I said cut it out. Because we, don't need, <laughs> we don't need the circumcision. Do you remember? I, am I mixing this up? Or did one, one time I think you called in and we it, somehow circumcision came up? <laughs> yes, it did. I don't, don't remember need to talk why. about it tonight. Right. Okay, That's yeah, sure. go ahead. What's your What's anyway, your comment? Question? It's great to have you back, and we got to laugh. Yes. Listen, I'm going to. Milton Berle said laughter. Milton Berle said laughter is an instant vacation. I'm going to burst your bubble. You know, I try to do you that. Always do. Uh, oh, not real, because it's a great topic, of course. The Jewish comedian is gone. The ones we know, Jewish comedy is, and people that do it are not the same anymore. Most of the greats are gone. The mountains are gone. Uh, most of the great entertainers, the comedians we all worship, didn't do their comedy uh, with a Jewish intent. As you know, the Max Brothers, A Night at the Opera, and Day at the Races. There was no Jewish thing involved with that. These were general, funny people working in a Gentile society where the Jewish jokes would not work and didn't. And that's how they became successful. All of them, Jack Benny, who basically Gentiled himself mm-hmm. and became mm-hmm. a success, had a Christmas tree, mm-hmm. didn't do Jewish humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry, them, Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis. Well, yeah. Jerry Lewis, when he was in the mountains, and then he hooked up with Dean Martin, right. went national and became gigantic, and only once. He went up to the mountains with Dean Martin. I think mm-hmm. I told you about that. Yeah, and he got paid hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Right, he got paid a hundred thousand. Biggest thousand. payday Dean, ever. Let's go up. He went up to Browns, and he was. They went crazy up there for them, but they didn't do. 
you know, he did. He, he pushed it in his Jewish humor, but it was, they would they would have laughed at them anyway. But he overall through the career, he'd do it on his own when he did it. But overall, it never played in movies. You saw his, and so forth. The only guy I think who really used Jewish humor to success. To me, he made the greatest movie that included you, and that's the producer's Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks, yeah. That had Jewish Although, all to, over be, it. to be fair, I mean, Woody Allen's work, which is contemporaneous with Mel Brooks. I don't, uh, you look at his films, I right, don't some see of, You're Jewish right, comedy. but some, some, well. A Very rarely, it was yeah. about marriage. Ellie, what do you think? Is, was Woody Allen, a, is he, was he a, a, a he, Jewish he was a comedian? Nebbish. We know that. <laughs> when, first of all, when he did a, a movie, Annie Hall, he's sitting at the table with one of her relatives and he says, look how she's looking at me and he looks from her perspective and he's wearing like a black hat and like has like chaos on his side. So, you know... I saw that, but overall his films were not oriented to that. He brought it in sparingly throughout his 30 or 40 year career. Because they'd be canceled at this point. No, I'm kidding, but... No, no, but he didn't. I mean, I understand what you're saying. No, but I, but I also would, I mean, I also think whether, I think there's also a subversive Jewish element to a lot of these, a lot of this humor that even if Jack Benny's character of being cheap, if he, if he overly said I'm Jewish or whatever, that would be like almost anti-Semitic, but his character of like, you know, your money or your life, and he's like, I'm thinking about it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know but we had the Goldbergs in 19... 19- but guys, I mean, then think about the think Goldbergs. about. Remember the Goldbergs, nineteen fifty. Stan, what, ab- what about like show. you know Larry David, Curb Your Enthusiasm? That's now, yeah, but and that, that's that's you know that comes and goes. Steinfeld was not overly Jewish in his programs. It was more about absurdity. I don't I don't remember major Jewish comedy. But I, I'm, I'm t- I think they were concerned at the beginning that Steinfeld was too Jewish. Actually, exactly thing, right. George Costanza's right. parent, but George Costanza's parents. Are the most Jewish, non-Jewish couple you've ever seen. Them arguing about taking a subway all the way from Queens to sit at a booth or a, a giraffe restaurant is the most Jewish argument you've ever had. This... So, whether or not, whether or not it's, I think, I think there's almost like a wink to Jewish people who are right. like, oh, this is totally Jewish. Even the free this theme, guys, right? this theme of, of, are you a Jewish comedian or are you an ex-comedian or are you something else is actually woven its way throughout the history of Jewish humor. There's always this delicate dance of kind of being overly Jewish versus winking right. to it. And Orel, I'm wondering, you're, you're Jewish, you're also Moroccan and you, you, and you're also Canadian. Do you struggle with that in your, in your performance as to whether you're truly a Jewish comedian or whether you're making, cause I've heard some of your stuff, which is great. And you also talk about like, you know, Arab culture and, and Moroccan culture. Well, it depends. I, like, I, I really, uh, I think it depends how you, you identify yourself when you, when you start in, in that career, you know, what the, what, who do I want to, do I want to reach, you know, and what's my goal here? And, uh, personally, I, I didn't like, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I, I never struggled with it. I know exactly, like, uh, who, who the crew is, who, who my followers are. Um, I know that, uh, sometimes, like, uh, I know exactly what they, they, what the content they, they look more for. Um, and, uh, but it, it, it's for sure, I, I, the fact that of being Jewish, being, uh, of Moroccan descent, being Canadian, it, there's a lot to, to, to use. As a, as a, as a, right, you got a, you got a lot of material. Everything. 
Yeah, exactly. So, it's, uh, so I think the, 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 the maybe maybe the, the struggle would come if you're not really clear of like uh, who you want to be or who you want to reach with your with your humor and 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 uh, it, it reach. But I think if you start with like a, a goal and a, a clear identity of who uh, or or where you want to go, I think there's no. There's no, uh, there's no struggle there. Let's go back. I know we've got a, a caller on, on line for it. Let's go back quickly, though, to Stan's core question. I just want to get your, your definitive answer on this, uh, in your view, Ellie. Is the prototypical... That's a Jewish answer. Ju- I'm not going to give <laughs> Right. There's no definitive answer. It is, is the prototypical Jewish comedian a, a, a dying breed? Is that that's still part of the North American comedic scene? I don't think so because I think it's just kind of reshaped a little bit. Meaning, uh, uh, you know, you, gotta, you can get in the political zone of like, you know, people taking pride in their Judaism. I think there are a lot of people taking pride in their Judaism, but your Sarah Silverman's, your Gary Goldman's, right. your Mike Kaplan's, um, these people who are modern comedians who, you know, some people have heard of, maybe some haven't. So they're very proud and have many Jewish jokes in their in the repertoire and, you know, talk about it. But in addition to, you know, Elon Gold, uh, who I, you know, I'm performing with next week in New York, I'm like, you know, uh, there are other people who, you know, talk about it with pride. I, I mean, and then, and then Seth Rogen's an interesting one because, like, right. he does a lot of Jewish, there, there's a lot of Jewish humor. He just uh, did a Jewish completely Jewish humor uh, movie, American Pickle. Right, but I wasn't so happy about it because I think there's a, I have a particular beef as somebody who's orthodox and observant. Like, I, I, I have this, there's a way that orthodox people are depicting the media, which is pretty negatively. And I, I just, I find it very, it's very stereotypical, like how, like, you know, people view orthodoxy, A, as everyone's either Hasidic or, you know, or and that's it. And like, there's just like a little bit of a negative. I like in the American Pickle thing. I wasn't a fan of for that for one of the, that, those reasons. In addition to think I wasn't, it wasn't so funny to me. But I think there are, if you know where to look, um, these are there are comedians that are proud of their Judaism and talk about it openly. Um, it's just it, it's not like, but even like you know, basically Stan's thing is like those comedians of the past. Um, like you said, they weren't you know Mel Brooks. Doesn't other doesn't really he's screamingly Jewish, but he doesn't you know have the most Jewish themes necessarily in a lot of his stuff. Um, same thing like you said, Gene Wilder. Like I, like you know, the fact that Jackie Mason passed away a couple weeks ago, he may have been one of the last ones in terms of that regard. But I heard an interview with like Buddy Hackett, you know, on that he talked about Chulant. Right. So you know, it you know it's it, interesting it's on, on there. Yeah, what's interesting on this point now is that some of the uh, most successful Jewish comedians, just to give some, some female Jewish comedians, and I'm sorry to, uh, that we have just men in the show. I'm hopefully get, we'll get this Joan Rivers clip here in a minute, one of the great Jewish comedians. But like Chelsea Handler, Amy Schumer, Mayim Bialik, Tiffany Haddish. I mean, these are tremendously successful comedians and, uh, we're all Jewish, as I understand it, and don't really do a lot of, I mean, Tiffany Haddish has done the kind of black mitzvah stuff, but they, they don't really do really a lot of Jewish content, and maybe that's maybe that's good. Maybe that's. I, I think there's. I think there's Silverman. I think there's. Yes, yeah, Sarah. Yeah. So I didn't include in that list. Sarah Silverman, absolutely. Who I, oh, I, I love. Yeah, 
But I think that in a certain sense, I, that's an evolution. I, you know, it, this show isn't on African American comedy, but I know it, there has been dialogue, pretty serious academic dialogue about the evolution of African American comedy and the fact that it's getting less focus on the African American experience. And that's probably a good sign. And maybe that's the same thing for Jewish comedy. So we're going to be right back. But let's just, let's listen to Joan Rivers for a minute first. So I figured I'm 74 years old. Screw it. I'm going to have a Christmas tree. I, it's, I had a Christmas tree two stories high. They, they did it on Martha Stewart show. Gorgeous. I did every damn thing you could think. It was gorgeous. It was decorated. It was beautiful. It was fabulous. Every, I got the whole scene at the bottom. I got the mother. I got the father. I got the three wise men. I got the kid. I'm Jewish. I got the kid and nanny. It was... It was to God, I redressed, I redressed Mary. She was in this blue schmata. I said, no, 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 no. I put her in a Chanel suit, an Hermes bag, Manola Blana pumps. You're the mother of God. Look it. <laughs> I love Joe Rivers. Also blessed memory. Let's talk about DocuVax. We need sponsors here at Equal Footing to stay on the air. And DocuVax has been a wonderful and loyal sponsor for a long time. Are you a small or medium-sized business owner or a, fa- a head of a family or a school administrator, and you're trying to keep medical records up to date amongst your employees or your family members? Welcome to DocuVax. It's really the first easy-to-use digital medical locker out there. You can access it from your laptop, from a smartphone, either on Android or, or Apple uh, iOS. It allows you to safely store and validate all your basic medical information. You can upload immunization records, lab results, even x-rays and MRIs. Gone are these frustrating days of losing time tracking down your old medical records or sharing your test results with a new healthcare provider or new insurance company. Your healthcare records don't belong to your doctor. They don't belong to your insurance company. They belong to you. These days, it's easier to track vaccine information or medical information for your pet than for yourself. It makes no sense. Get the DocuVac system. It covers over 60 different important elements of your medical profile, from COVID and flu, uh, COVID, flu and tetanus vaccines, to colorectal and breast cancer screenings, to blood type and allergy information. To sign up, go to DocuVax.com. That's D-O-C-U-V-A-X.com. One listener made fun of me last week. I said www.docuvax.com. Obviously, docuvax.com. Or call 833-859-1933. That's 833-859-1933. For as little as nine, nine sorry, as little as six, $6.99 per month, $7 a month, DocuVax subscribers can privately access all of their medical records from a secure, HIPAA-compliant digital storage facility on your smartphone, your laptop. As a subscriber, here's the best part. You get medical professionals on call for you 24 hours a day if you need to validate your vaccine records, your blood tests, or anything else in your medical locker to travel, go you know, on a trip, or get your uh, child to uh, enroll in a new school. Sometimes you need this information. Get it all in one place. Your medical data is never accessible to anybody else, unless as an individual subscriber, you want to share it privately. And when you do share it, you use a proprietary QR code-based system that keeps your data secure at all times. So put an end to worrying if you or someone you care about is up to date in a particular vaccine or an important preventative screening, or you need to understand some test result, 
take control of your medical file, sign up at docuvax.com or call 833-859-1933. That's 833-859-1933. If you mention equal footing, you can get group discounts as well. Operators are standing by. I've been You're back on equal footing. We're talking about Jewish humor, its role in culture. It's is it a coping mechanism? Does it help us get through and deal with our suffering? It's been so many. There have been so many important uh, Jewish comedians uh, through through the 20th and beginning of the 21st century. Folks, you don't even know necessarily. Some of you do know. Like we've been talking about on this show, the Larry Davids, the Jerry Seinfelds, the Joan Rivers, who we just heard, the Anna Sandlers. Then there are others: the John Stewarts, the George Burns, the Billy Crystals. The Andy Sandbergs, the Jack Bennies, the Seth Rogans and so forth that don't always do Gilda Radner, don't always do Jewish content. But the percentage, the, 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 the number of comedians in, in North America have been Jewish. It's, it's just out of control. The percentage as relative to the overall percentage in society, which is only about a percent and a half or two percent of the North American population. I want to plug our guests for a moment. Ellie Leibowitz, um, he is a touring comedian, also does virtual shows. You can find out about his upcoming shows and book him at elliecomedy.com. That's E-L-I-comedy.com. And Oral Goslin, who brings a Moroccan and Jewish perspective, based in Canada, also available uh, for events and, and, and tours and does uh, comedy content creation. You can find him on Instagram at Oral Gosl- Orel Goslin. Sorry, Orel, I'm pronouncing your name wrong. O-R-E-L-G-O-Z-L-A-N. That's Orel Goslin on Instagram. All right, let's take a caller on line three. I'm talking about Jewish humor. Line three, you're on the air. Yeah, hi, it's Rifki. I called you last week. Hi, Rifki. Rifki from Barapak. I'm so happy that you're back. Oh, thank you. I- I guess the tell him worked. <laughs> I, we all said tell him for you. Oh, Rifki, God bless you. Thank you so much for 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 saying that and for doing that from my heart. Yes, yes, we all had you in mind, and I tuned in to make sure that you're on. And I like this subject much better. It's a really nice subject. Have you ever heard of um, of Emil Cohn? I have not. Aurel, Ellie, have you? Emil Cohn. He was a comedian way back, uh, I don't know, uh, maybe. He goes to my shul. No. What? I'm I'm joking. I I haven't heard of him. Oh, he he was quite famous. He did the the mountains, you know, all the hotels, Grosinger's, all those hotels. His thing was that his comedy was in Yiddish. Mm. He would speak English, but he would... He would crack his jokes in Yiddish, and uh, there was a, an audience for that in those days, and they really went wild over him. Rifki, what I, period are we talking about? Um, I would guess, I mean, it was before my time. I would guess it must have been the 50s and 60s. Um, Dev Brenner plays a lot of his records very often. There's some really funny things, that uh, tapes that he has. I have some of his tapes. And uh, he had some really funny tapes. 
Interesting. So Zev Brenner, Zev Brenner plays it on the uh, air very often. Well, we'll have, to, year, we'll have to so. look into him. Rifke, I appreciate well, very I much the to call. You one, I want yeah, to shoot. tell you one other thing. You said, you know, that comedy is out. Actually, by Hasidic weddings, by the mitzvotants, they hire what's called a grammar, which is translated as a comedian, I suppose. Um, and he gets up there. And he tells a few jokes, and then um, he sings. Uh, he brings up with his jokes. He'll bring up uh, a relative that's not here anymore, mm. and then um, uh, uh, a couple of relatives come. This is what the mitzvah times is all about. Then he uh, calls out some uh, names. Let's say all the grandfathers. The two grandfathers, they'll come up and they'll dance in front of the collar. And then the next time, he'll do the same thing. He'll tell a few jokes. He wants to lighten the atmosphere. And then he'll bring up a relative that's not here. And then he'll call, let's say, the uncles and say, you know, this relative was, let's say, their father or their Rifty, grandfather. I'm going to riff on that for Aurel because, Aurel, you, you, you are very active in your congregation. You're also a Hazan. On a, on a show not that long ago here in Equal Footing, it was, we talked about the mitzvah of joy and how even in dark times, part of what we're mandated to do as a Jew is be joyful. Does that, right. first of all, is that, Aurel, is that, is that true? And is that part of, is that infuse your, your, you know, is that part of why you're doing what you're, what you're doing? 100%. Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, it's, it's uh, it's, uh, it's 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 part of uh, the uh, the motivation of uh, what I do, and uh, it took it was even like uh, even uh, stronger during you know the, the the COVID period and everything. I since I began I began stand I was doing like I was a cantor before doing uh, uh, comedy, and when I started comedy, I, I I told myself you know what I'm not going to mix both. I'm going to stay stand-up comedy on one side and the the, the cantorial business on, on the other side. And during the COVID, I saw, you know, the, the, the need of joy, the need of laughter in my community. It was really, we need it. Uh, and I said, you know what, let's let's try to do like a, a virtual shows for the synagogue and everything. And uh, and I decided to like bring in the 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 humor and the, and the, the comedy into my 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 cantorial job uh, and, and that's something that they didn't know about me you know it, I, I I had to like uh, show a new face of <laughs> of mine if you if yeah, you want to say yeah. it but uh, we 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 had an amazing uh, event we did a Purim um, like a show and uh, Purim uh, it's uh, like uh, the the holiday of joy um, and like the whole community was online and they had a blast so. Yes, the 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 fact that we need joy, especially in that time, is a big, big, big motivation. Yeah, for, it's uh, comedy for, is not all fun and games. I mean, it's also about like you know doing our duty sometimes as a, as a Jew, as a human being, uh, bringing bringing joy to others. And on that on that point, you're a little bit more in the production side. I want to quickly get to a couple of questions and comments that have come in from listeners. One is. A listener in, in, in Texas is looking a little further than comedians. There's an incredibly high number of Jewish producers. To what extent does that inject even more Jewish culture into the mainstream culture? Ellie, what do you think about that? I guess that's I think it depends. Movie or TV. I, 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 
Well, I think it, I think it depends. As I said, sometimes you know, as you know, one of Gary Goldman jokes about you know Jews ha- being involved in everything is that um, you know it, every sh- is like try watching a show that wasn't written, produced, and whatever by by a million Jews, mm-hmm. and like. You know, so you, you look at the Law and Order credits, and it's just like Goldberg, Horowitz, Steinberg, like, you know. So, of course, there's that influence. Um, whether or not, again, that's, again, some of the conversation is what we're talking about is, is there a source of Jewish pride in the work, and are they trying to infuse kind of a Jewish element? I think sometimes that, that's a little bit of a disconnect, and that's where, you know, I was a little disappointed in the last couple of months when there was a lot of anti-Semitism going on, uh, very openly, and I found the quote unquote, you know, Jewish allies or even people that are Jewish didn't post about it. You're posting about every other thing happening, any other group, and you're not going to talk about, you know, Jews, you know, stuff happening to Jews. I, I think it's, you know, I think that's uh, a deterioration a little bit that's happening. So I think Stan had a point with some of that. Um, so it really depends, you know, what sorts of pride do do the you know, do the producers have? And I think comedy to, allows us know. often to, inf- you know, bring up topics that are more controversial that we wouldn't through a dramatic in a dramatic context. And, no, for and, sure, like and a, and a, uh, a, yeah, a, I can I can easily I, I can Trojan horse. Like you can you can yeah you can have a point yeah, exactly like you know I have a thing about Israel criticism how it's like really unfair because there's a legitimate thing to criticize Israel about which just doesn't happen like don't criticize Israel for being an apartheid state because it's not criticize Israel for being this close to curing cancer but can't figure out how to serve pizza or anything more than cardboard slab like you know so there there are but like my point is is there's a point there of you know criticism of Israel is really not like you can totally criticize Israel, but just right. that's not what's happening. The way the way it's being done is not is not in a fair way. So, but like, yeah, you can definitely kind of make a better point than a rabbi could. There's a great there's a, there's a great bit by Gary Goldman on that called on anti-Semitism that I almost played on the program tonight. I want to thank you guys. We, we have a lot of text comments and questions in the queue, but we we don't have time tonight. Uh, Aurel Goslin. Ellie Leibowitz, thanks so much for talking so openly about about uh, Jewish humor. We we have time for each of you to give us a fifteen second joke. Either one of you guys want to take the risk? Sure. So during during uh, Corona, I think made everybody chabad in a way, especially at the beginning, in the sense that you know we would no sense of time. We were drinking more. Everywhere I went was kind of exciting. And every day I had to ask myself, did I put on chillin' today? So, <laughs> okay, that's very much for our, for our Jewish audience. Uh, uh, I know. Yeah, perfect, it perfect, <laughs> guys. Thank you so much for joining us. I think let, let's try to do something like this again. Thanks for being on Equal Funny. Thanks for having me. Thanks to you for having us. We've had it rough, is all. We've had it rough. I have some distant cousins that got sucked into one of these pyramid schemes. You know, building them in Egypt. Too soon? Okay. Uh, that's, uh, I do think the Jewish Messiah is coming soon, though. I think it's got to be an octopus. Because that's the only thing that'll really make sense for us to crucify on the Jewish star. <laughs> Plus, he could light the whole menorah at once, already walks on water. It's perfect, everybody. Don't you know I'm still standing better than I am.
it will never cut me down. And if my love was just a circle.